Welcome to the What The If Mailbag. We don't actually get mail anymore, and we definitely don't put it in a bag, but it's a great expression, and everyone seems to still use it. Um, reader mail, listener mail, uh, tweets, basically tweets. Most of this comes from Twitter, a little bit from email. Um, thank you for staying tuned, and uh, hey, if you're one of these people who, who I'm about to mention, I'm going to read your... Or just give a shout out to, to, and maybe mention a little bit of what you tweeted to me or emailed to me, uh, or contact me in direct message or any other way. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to thank you by simply uh, responding to you now, but um, also appreciate it. And thank you all for listening, whether you've written in or not. Um, but uh, you haven't written in, do. Uh, we, we uh, as I've said a number of times, we don't know who's listening. I really have no idea who's listening. And it's wonderful to hear from you and, and get a wide range of ideas and suggestions and fun questions and things like that. And here we go. I'm reaching into the email data bag pool hard drive RAM. And here's the first thing. Here we are. Um, I asked, as I mentioned, uh, this whole show is about one of the things was uh, I put a poll on Twitter, which I encourage you to respond to, by the way, if you're, if you're listening while the poll is still running. Do you believe hashtag aliens are abducting people into their hashtag UFOs? Three question marks, two alien emoji, one earth emoji, and two UFO emojis. Do you believe aliens are abducting people into their UFOs? And there were four different responses you could have. Um, Richard Mann uh, wrote into uh, tweeted to say um, no, so no, uh, he doesn't believe in alien. He doesn't believe aliens are abducting people into the. But ah, there's always a but. Richard says no, but I know the Illuminati manipulate everything, and zombies and aliens are among us. I don't know if he's kidding. He didn't use the kidding emoji. He didn't use winky face or nothing. Uh, so I don't know. Somebody, you know, again. There are people out there and you're listening and I appreciate it. I want to hear from you because I love these kind of stories. It spurs my imagination to no end. The Illuminati manipulate everything and zombies and aliens are among us. Okay. Zombies in particular is weird because I didn't know zombies were a mystery. Maybe I don't know enough about this. But from what I can tell, when the zombies are around, you know it. Aliens, not so much. Um, somebody responded... Um, to Richard, uh, we, we had a little back and forth there. Uh, Queen Nom Nom de Plume, wonderful name, uh, said to Richard and me, well, that puts a whole new slant on the word, quote, no, because Richard said, I know the Illuminati manipulate. Agreed. Agreed. It helps to know with some back, it helps to have some backup for your no. No means no. K-N-O-W means K-N-O-W. No means no. T-shirt. Run with it. Cafe press, whatever. Make some money. No means no. We all do that too. We can all do it. Different fonts. Doesn't matter. Hot Flat Earther. So we had a whole episode on the Flat Earth, which remains one of our most popular. And, uh, oh, I love it too. I mean, it's a great topic. Um, if you did not hear it, or if you heard it and want to see it in a whole new light or you know, when we listen, when you listen again, you hear a lot more. I actually listen again sometimes and, and I grasp sometimes more of what Matt was teaching, um, that I didn't catch on the first time. So, uh, hot flat earther 
is his Twitter name. He says, uh, he uses the S word and, uh, you know, the poop, poop, I'm going to say it, poop. I don't want to get an explicit tag because this is a family friendly show. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit, um, from some other uh, questions I got. Uh, hot flat earther says, Hey, what the if show poop, I am ridiculously drunk. And that's in all caps. Flat earthers ridiculously drunk might explain the belief in the flat earth theory. Um, might also be a desire. Uh, he probably hopes that the earth is not only flat, but soft for when he passes out and lands on it. Um, but good luck with that hot flat earther. Um, maybe, maybe take a look in the mirror and think about moderation, fun in moderation. Um, Justin Richards. Ah, oh, Justin Richards had a really smart science question. I love it. Justin said, Justin asked, um, hey, what the if show? He says, what would happen to the angle of light if it reflected off a surface that's traveling near the speed of light? Let me repeat that. What would happen to the angle of light if it reflected off? Let me rephrase a little bit. What would happen to a beam of light? If it reflected off a surface that's traveling, the surface is traveling near the speed of light. So you got a surface flying almost at the speed of light. Surface is flying. Let's call it a mirror. Oh, there's a mirror flying through space. It's almost at the speed of light. Watch your head. And uh, you, you shine a flashlight beam at it. And Justin asks... Could it change direction like when a ball hits a moving treadmill? So I thought, no, probably not, right? I mean, it's an instantaneous thing. A light photon hits it and bounces off at the same angle. E even though the thing is moving, it just bounces off at whatever angle it was at when it hit the surface at that time. Turns out, uh, Matt explained, that's not true. Then in fact, and this is what Matt said, the light would indeed be bent. So the beam of light that's hitting a surf, hitting a mirror that's flying through space at almost the speed of light, the light beam that hits that mirror will be bent. How bent will depend on whether you are riding the mirror, awesome, or sitting on a nearby planet, also not bad, um, safer. And Matt says this is an effect called relativistic beaming. Relativistic beaming. Say that three times and use it at the next cocktail party and you will be awesome. Relativistic beaming. That's my favorite band name of the moment. Hello, Cleveland. We are relativistic beaming. Um, he, Matt could go on in more detail, he said, but Twitter is uh, limiting, obviously. Uh, Justin, if you want to know more about that, hey, let us know. Um. Susan, uh, sorry, Suzanne, Suzanne Stowe says, um, oh, she responded to a tweet I put up about um, this awesome story in Ars Technica and, uh, and elsewhere in the news, I suppose, um, that uh, NASA engineers have uh, contacted or still in contact with the Voyager, one of the Voyager um, satellites. Probably both still, but th there's one in particular he was mentioning. I can't remember if it was one or two, Voyager 1 or Voyager 2. Um, they sent commands to it. They sent a beamed commands to the Voyager to see if they could get it to do something. 
I think they wanted to see if they could correct his course or give it a little nudge in a particular direction with whatever vapors of fuel it had left. Um, after sending the commands, it took 19 hours and 35 minutes for the signal to reach Voyager. 19 hours and 35 minutes. It's almost a whole day. So if you sent that, that signal out at uh, midnight, um, it'd be at 7.30 in the evening, 7.35 in the evening, that your radio signal finally reached Voyager. And then it took another, of course, as this works, it took another 19 hours and 35 minutes to hear if the spacecraft responded. So um, just under 40 hours, or just about 40 hours um, to get a reply. Unfortunately, a lot of times I reply with email, for instance, uh, much slower than that. With phone calls, even slower than that. I apologize. Um, but hey, Voyager. Still going. And it did. It did respond. And it did do what they wanted to do. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Out there at the edge of um, transitioning from our solar system into interstellar space beyond the solar system. Still going with the gold record on it. Um, now, Monkey, as his name, Monkey on Twitter says, what the, if, what the if show? Why should I listen to your show? I'm intrigued. Uh, I, I'd followed him on the Twitter. This is how he found out about me. He says, you followed me and I'm now intrigued. Firstly, as to why the hell you followed me. Because if it was for mindless self-promotion, that's a mark against you. Oh, Monkey. But I need a damn good... So, he, you know, he began this kind of politely, and then by the end, he was fired up. Mm. But I, he says, I need a damn good reason to start listening. So what is it? Question mark. Uh, I only have a two-word reply to you, monkey, and that was you said... Uh, sorry, three-word reply. Four, four, if you include the contraction. You said, quote, I'm now intrigued. Good enough. As far as following you, and, and, and a number of you may wonder, how, why, how did I find you? Why, why is What the If Show following you? Um, uh, Twitter recommends people. So um, you probably see this too. Um, because of your interest in space, you know, they're, they're recommending these people. Um, you also follow Carl Sagan and uh, um, other podcasts. Um, that deal with space, uh, Star Talk Radio, or whatever, Brian Cox, all kinds of different things, awesome stuff. Um, so here are people who also are like that, follow them. So that's what I'm doing, building a community. Um, Monkey, you should, you should listen because you're intrigued. If you are listening and you're hearing this, thank you. I'm so glad uh, you got to this point in the show. Um, and uh, I'd, love to hear, I'd love to hear what you think. Was it worth it? Was it worth the hell of... Being of getting a notice that you were followed by someone. Um, I need a damn good reason. Hey, if you like it, you like it. That's the reason. Because it's fun. It's awesome. It'll blow your mind. Stanta O'Claus. Tour guide Stan is his Twitter, Twitter handle. Stan says, hey, what the if show? Thanks for following. There we go. That, that's, a, that's a nice reply. Um, that's polite. Thank you, Stan. Um, I'll watch for you. Thank you. Um, if, you're, if you're listening to the show, by the way, Stan, tour guide Stan, 
awesome. I think you're in New York as well. So shout out from Brooklyn. Um, and Stan says, I'm a fan of Heinlein. And he lists a bunch of um, science fiction writers here. And uh, I'd, I'd love to hear your favorite science fiction writers. Oh, I mean, science fiction and science go hand in hand for me. Um, you know, as is true for so many people. Um, and here's some names he lists, some of his favorites. Tour Guides Dan says, I'm a fan of Heinlein, uh, Asimov. I met him. Ooh. So Tour Guides Dan met uh, Isaac Asimov. I also met Isaac Asimov once. Um, at a, you know, he gave a talk in Washington, D.C. Uh, Dick. It just says Dick. I assume you're not calling me Dick. And this is Philip K. Dick. And I salute you. Philip K. Dick and Tour Guides Dan. Absolutely, I share that. Love of Philip K. Dick. Um, books are totally different from a lot of movies, a lot of movies being made out of Philip K. Dick stories, which is kind of amazing and a little bit surprising because his books are pretty psychedelic and often mm, very interior, you know, inner thought and imagination and description and things like that. Um, nonetheless, amazing writer. Uh, Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut, uh, another friend. Yes, yes, I also like. Kurt Vonnegut, amazing. You met him. I did not. That's pretty. Actually, I'm sorry. I didn't meet him once. I'm oh, sorry. I was working at a bookstore and he came and gave a talk. Um, I forgot that. Kurt Vonnegut, fantastic. Blish, James Blish. Now that's a good one. I like James Blish. Um, I think maybe he wrote us. He wrote Star Trek, right? I'm sure he wrote other things too, but I believe I may have read some of his Star Trek novels when I was a kid, if I'm getting that correct. Anderson. Oh, Anderson. I'm drawing a blank on who that is. Uh, McCap. Also, I don't know McCap. Anderson, McCap. Fontana. Is Fontana DC Fontana, the writer uh, she wrote for Star Trek? No? Um, maybe, maybe not. And he says, my sister met her. That's awesome. Family. That counts. That counts. If, you, if, you, if a relative met some famous person, you met them. That, that's totally cool. And Sturgeon. Uh, is the last one that he mentions. And uh, again, uh, Theodore Sturgeon, I believe, right? And um, I, I don't know Sturgeon's work either. I am bereft of some of these, uh, some of these great writers. Um, tell me, if you're listening now and you heard this and you're hearing these names, did you like these names? Send me who you like. Feedback at whattheif.com or what the if show on Twitter. Um, also, by the way, we're on Facebook. Um, if you're on Facebook too, if you're one of the 700 billion special people on Facebook, um, look for What the If. Uh, it's, it's a page called What the If. That's our show uh, page. All our episodes are there, by the way, on whattheif.com, the website. You can also hear all our episodes, but on the Facebook page as well. I always post there. And, and you can have, I mean, one cool thing about the Facebook pages is it's a good place to have conversations about things. So that's cool. And you can share stuff, obviously. Um, share stuff that we, you know, take stuff that we put in, share it with your friends or share stuff with us. Both ways. That's great. Facebook. Try it. Um, now, Royal Savage 54. At Royal Savage 54. There are 53 other Royal Savages, I guess. Um, says, 
Uh, he's responding to, I, 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 post, I post a lot of science news that I come across, some stuff that's just cool. If I think it's cool, it's like, boom, I post it, I share it. Hey, take a look at this. Um, New York Times Science is a great source of stories, the New York Times Science section. Often Dennis Overby um, and some others, great writers. Um, anyway, the, the New York Times Science had a story. It said, we may not be able to explore the galaxy, but in the fullness of time, the galaxy will come to us. Mm-hmm. And Royal Savage 54 jumps right to the apocalyptic and says, I hope it's not in the form of a planetary-sized asteroid on a collision course with us. A definite E-L-E, end-of-life event, I assume that means. Or just e run for your life. Um, E-L-E, I like that expression, uh, that acronym. Planetary-sized asteroid. I like that. Now, <laughs> the question is, planetary-sized asteroid would be a planet, wouldn't it? Maybe not. I mean, we know there's a lot of dispute about what planets are. Hashtag Pluto. Hashtag send the love. Um, Nick Hennem says, um, oh, okay, this was cool. So, listening to our, he's responding to our uh, Flat Earth episode. Um, Safety Not Guaranteed is the title. And uh, he sent something very interesting. I thought this was kind of cool. It's an image, and I don't know who made this illustration, but um, it's, an, it's called flat lunar phase. Anyway, it, it shows, I think what it's showing is if the Earth were flat and there were a lunar um, eclipse, that's when the Earth is in between the moon and the sun. And the Earth, uh, the, basically, if you're on the moon, you would see the Earth blocking the sun. But if you're on Earth cool lunar, right? You see a lunar eclipse, you see the, the moon in the sky, it gets darker and darker and darker as the Earth blocks out the sun on it. And eventually it goes uh, totally dark or kind of reddish um, because it, the moon goes completely into the shadow of the Earth because the Earth is round and huge and blocks the entire moon. Well, if the Earth were flat, <laughs> uh, this illustration that Nick sent shows uh, basically like a slice just like a horizontal rectangular shadow, uh, kind of long, 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 long oval shadow going across the moon, the flat earth, just making a slice across the moon. That's what it would look like. It's a pretty cool image. Um, Crunchy Cameltopia. Uh, she writes, um, I believe it's a she based on her photo. Uh, I'm currently downloading all the episodes What the If show, and I plan to listen during my runs. So that's awesome. I'd love to know, what, what are you doing when you're listening? Are you, and you know, I, I listen to podcasts when I'm taking a walk or biking, um, riding the subway, all those in-transit things, definitely. I also listen at home. And um, so Crunchy Cameltopia listens during her runs and I apologize uh, I didn't mean to uh, see here's here's how much I know about running which I don't do thank you um I said great let us know what you think and enjoy running and, and then I did a waving emoji I love emojis and she replied quote enjoy quote <laughs> which I'm assuming she's saying you don't know anything about running and it's not enjoyable but I do it anyway I salute you Crunchy Cameltopia. 
Next up, billions of, this is the name, billions of billions of blue bistro. Try it again. Billions. This is, I'm starting again. Three, two. Billions of billions. No, that's not even right. Three, two. Billions of bilious blue blistering barnacles. Alternate take. Three, two. Billions of bilious blue blistering barnacles. I mean, that's, that's his name. It's a good one. I didn't know you could use that many characters in your Twitter name. He says uh, to everybody, he shouts to the world, if you are a curious individual and not listening to What The If podcast, you're missing out. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, thank you so much, billions of billions, blue bistles, stirring barnacles. I'll get it right sometime. Thank you very much for that. Um, I hope everyone who's listening feels that way too. If you're a curious individual... And you're not listening to this podcast, but you are now, so you're cool. But you could feel free to tell everybody else that you know, if, who are also curious individuals, by, by which I'm assuming he means, and by which I mean, your friends are curious about things, not that they are curious individuals, like weird. But hey, weirdos, bring them, whatever. If they, if, if they like saying what the if and asking fun questions, then bring them. Um, Thank you much. Thank you very much, Billions. Janelle also sings some praises, for which uh, we're very appreciative. Um, what the if is good? Oh, someone, someone, I think a friend or some Twitter follower of hers, someone on Twitter was saying, I need podcasts, recommend podcasts. And Janelle, um, who also loves coffee, her name is Jay Loves Coffee, that's the handle, um, says, what the if is good? It has science, history, and some literature. Dot, dot, dot. Yes, indeed. Thank you for listening. And thank you for singing our praises. And thank you for helping other people learn about the show. Earl Green says, dropping <laughs> at What the If Show. I'm dropping it gingerly, meaning the, um, the podcast. Dropping it gingerly into my phone's podcast directory right now so it doesn't explode or anything. Good. Thank you for treating this properly. Um, no smoking around this thing either. Then blows up real good. And he says, let's give this a go. Earl, I, I hope it didn't blow up on you, but I did hope, I do hope it blew up in your mind. And I'd love to know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the intellectual shrapnel. Um, Earl also mentioned it another time. So maybe you finally started tuning in. I don't know. But let me know. At logbook guy is your handle. Um, he says, "What the if show? It it'd also help if they follow through with the plan to put a microphone on future missions." Oh, I, I was uh, having a conversation on Twitter with some uh, maybe some NASA people, um, and talking about how I've always wished uh, that that we could get, and, and I look forward to the day where we can get high definition, full speed video from space, like. We still don't have that. Um, we get individual frames. I mean, hey, uh, take low resolution, full full speed video. Uh, I just think it'd be really cool. I understand they look they couldn't do it till now, or for whatever reason, science, other things took priority, power, etc. Nonetheless, I do believe that when we get that, people are already interested in space. There's, there's no shortage of people interested in space, but we could always use a lot more. And our space explorations both NASA and, and other countries around the world, um, 
that when they start delivering full speed and high resolution, if it can be, um, video, as well as with sound, if they're in a place where there could be sound, um, which would only be in some kind of atmosphere that's thick enough to make sound, but um, that is going to that is going to change everything. That that's just going to be another leap forward in terms of people beginning to grasp the true perspective of things and 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 being able to enjoy and um, the wonder of the universe and get excited about exploration and supporting it, which I think is good. So he, he mentions uh, it'd also help if they follow through with the plan, which uh, Carl Sagan, I believe, was the one, as with so many things, pushed this plan that the JPL on, on their Mars landers, um, they were going to have a microphone on one of their missions. And at the last minute, it got scrapped. It might have been Curiosity or one of the more recent Mars rovers, I think. Uh, anyway, um, even Earl is saying it'd help if they could follow through with that plan and put a microphone on future missions. So Mars. Mars can be so so we Mars can be heard, he says, so we can hear Mars. I'm not sure if the wind is thick enough. I'm not sure if the air is thick enough on Mars to make wind. But if Carl Sagan was suggesting putting a microphone on there, it must be maybe a certain sensitivity could put on there. Um, the combined effect of video and audio, he says, would be magnificent. I agree. Let's do it. Um, you know, Elon Musk. All hail, Lord Elon, he of space and uh, cars and whatnot and PayPal. <laughs> um, man, if and when he gets some uh, craft to Mars, there's going to be fantastic videos. The SpaceX, <laughs> the, the production value of the SpaceX um, launch broadcasts uh, is fantastic. And, uh, and the video, you know, anyway, he, he understands. Cool. Um, and maybe also he's, he's okay with blowing money left and right uh, to, to help people appreciate what he does. It's cool. Jacob Riley and Eric Conrad, two separate people, both asked about, is the show appropriate for children or youngsters? Um, Jacob said, is your show more adult-friendly or more all ages? Eric said, is it truly for any age? My son is nine and has a passion for science. Uh, I, I can't emphasize enough how happy I would be if young people, anybody, you know, young of mind, but especially young people, um, found the show interesting and valuable. And it furthered their, it fed and increased their excitement for, for science. And space is kind of a lot of what we talk about, obviously, space, cosmology, physics. Um, Astronomy, all that side of it, uh, biology occasionally. Um, so uh, I, I think any kid, you know, when, when I was younger, I I listened to and read books that were above my <laughs> full ability to understand, but I could follow, you know. And, and anyway, just diving in was fantastic. I didn't have to f get or be able to grasp every single thing that was being said. Um, probably took a long time, and I still am hardly there, <laughs> barely there, if if there at all. You hear me? Oops, you hear me? Uh, talk to Matt and have him just explain things to me. Um, I'm still very much that same kid. So, yeah, I think anyone who listens to this too, hopefully, are you? You know what? What? What books, by the way? What scientists? What? What things inspired you as a kid? What? What? You know, if this is something that's been a lifelong passion, tell me. What? Uh, what is it that? 
you've loved your whole life um, in this area. Feedback at whattheif.com. That was the email and on Twitter, what the if show. So yes, I, obviously you heard me. Uh, instead of uh, swear words, I'll throw in emojis if I can. Uh, bring the kids, tell them. And uh, if if there are any young people listening, hey, down, you know, let's hear from you and ask questions. Uh, kids have the best questions by far. <laughs> the best questions. Um, in in contrast, Reg Boyle says. Reg Boyle writes and says, I do not read or support sci-fi. It is fiction disguised as science. To which I say, WTF. And I don't mean WTF. I mean WTF, Reg. What's the slam? I do not read or support sci-fi. Now, is this a joke? Maybe it's a joke. His, uh, Reg, your, your um, avatar, your profile photo is a koala bear which I think is adorable, and it's very, maybe this is a joke. But it's a weird thing. Again, no emoji indicating sarcasm, so, I don't know. It is fiction disguised, sci-fi is fiction disguised as science. First, when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, duh, it's in the name. And then I was like, no, fiction disguised as science? Fiction is in the, (laughs) the phi is for, yeah, you know, Reg, you know. My dear listener, you know. Um, one quick note, and I'm interested in people's feelings about this. Sci-fi, the term sci-fi. When I was growing up, and I don't know if it's still true, or people still talk about this at all, if anybody cares, but pe- people get fired up about the pronunciation of GIF or JIF. Um, sci-fi was something that um, we who, as I was a kid, would say, we who read science fiction books, opposed to the movies, or comic books, uh, but the books, books, the novels, and you know, so forth. Arthur C. Clarke, Stephen Baxter, etc. Asimov um, did not like the term sci-fi. That was for movies, or that was for people who just like the norms. People who didn't get it for your parents. You like that sci-fi? Um, we would say science fiction. Thank you very much. Or we would say SF. Um, Usually you didn't say SF out loud, but that would be, when you would write, you would say, you would use the two letters SF, not sci-fi. Doesn't seem to be as big a deal anymore, but I'm always conscious of it when I see it written. Reg, I don't know what to tell you. I don't, he says, I don't read or support sci-fi. It's fiction disguised as science. Yeah, there's just no way to respond to that. But if you're listening to the show, you are, Reg, you rock. Thank you for listening and Thank you for sharing. I want to hear controversial ideas. I want to hear ideas that that rattle me and cause me to think. That's very important, actually. Um, question everything. I post a lot of pictures of NASA. <laughs> that NASA, sorry, a lot, a lot of uh, NASA shares a lot of pictures on Twitter, and I retweet them uh, when I see a particularly awesome one. And uh, Kelly Rust. Uh, she writes, uh, she has a great handle, uh, at Sunshine Sweetly. At Sunshine Sweetly. I mean, there's, if anything, counteracts the, the bitter taste of Reg Boyle and his anti-sci-fi screed. Um, 
It's someone named Sunshine Sweetly. And Sunshine Sweetly, Kelly Rust says, I so love all the NASA pictures. We are very alike in that. Yes, indeed, Kelly. And I know that the um, of the tweets, those are among the most popular uh, sometimes. Uh, so I'm happy to share those. And yeah, awesome. Bring it. Thank you for listening. If you're listening uh, and you're hearing this, uh, thank you. Hope you enjoy the show as well. Um, and go talk to that guy, Reg. Always on, that's his name, always on, says, what the if is a really, what the if, that's a really clever title. Thank you. So another positive word from somebody, John Michael May, at John Michael May, says, what the if, that's a really clever title. Speculative fiction typically starts by asking, what if? So a show that's based on that riffs on that mandate. Hmm. So a show that base on, show that's based on that and riffs on that mandate, thinking about, uh, is spot on. Spot on is one of my favorite phrases. Perhaps you are a Brit, John Michael May. If so, thank you, and I hope you're listening and enjoying the show. Let us know. And finally. Uh, <laughs> There's a totally weird Twitter account. There's actually a couple, uh, two or three of them. I don't know if it's an artist running this or what it is. It's pretty awesome. Um, one of them, it, there's a trio of them, but one of them is called Suit Sat Adrift, as in spacesuit, uh, a satellite. I don't know. It's basically spacesuit adrift. It's a, it's the idea is that there's a spacesuit just floating around in space, got lost. And it tweets. And uh, sometimes they're sad. There's <laughs> a very melancholy tone about it. And the only thing, the, the, he and the, the two other ones that are uh, similar, there's other weird objects floating in space and they tweet. And I think they're all the same person um, running this account. Uh, they're kind of weird and melancholy. And they tweet a lot. So oh, I had to, I'm afraid I had to unfollow it or whatever, clog in my mentions. But... Just as an example, there's a picture of the spacesuit floating around in space, and they, they, they tweet directly to you. So, a spacesuit floating in space tweeted to me, tweeted to our show, tweeted the show. So we, have a, we have many friends of the show. If you're listening, I hope you're a friend of the show. I consider you a friend of the show. And we, another one of, them, one of our more eccentric friends is a spacesuit floating in space and abandoned. And uh, that spacesuit tweets and says, hey, at what the if show, the astronauts and I were a team. I was their skin, they were my heart. It just, that's lovely and sad and weird. What the if, man? A spacesuit if it thoughts. Pretty. Again, I want to thank you for listening. Um, coming up on the end of the year, here, if you're listening at this particular time when we're publishing this, if you're listening later, then eventually it's coming up at the end of the year, no matter when you're listening to this. But uh, for those of you who are listening now, um, uh, at the end of the year and holiday time, um, I hope you're enjoying all the holidays that are happening, both yours and those that are meant for other people. Love them all. Have fun. It's just more food, more cake, more flowers, more fun, more vacation time. Um, and, and I hope you're getting to spend time with people you want to spend time with, and I hope you're getting to uh, be free of other people you don't want to spend time with. Uh, you know, 
that's that's what the holidays are about. <laughs> Celebrating love and uh, staying positive. If there's people that aren't positive, don't spend time with them. Um, love your suit. If you're not an astronaut, just love this one thing we've learned today. Love your suit. Because they have feelings, apparently. They tweet about it. And they say the suit thinks of itself as your, as your skin and thinks of you as its heart. It's wonderful. Um, I love doing this show. I love being able to communicate with you guys. Um, say, say hey back in whatever form you like. Um, what the if show on Twitter, feedback at whattheif.com, email whattheif.com is the website uh, on Facebook, what the if. And uh, you don't remember any of this stuff, just Google it. And uh, leave us reviews wide and far and as many stars as you can. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, Have a wonderful one. And I will see you on the other side. We will talk more about the secrets behind military pilots' sightings of UFOs and more on what the... Yeah.